Hey. <laughs> hey, welcome out to Third World Linux episode 84. Jesus, 84 times. My name is AG. I am Zhao, and on this week's episode of Third World Linux, we're going to talk about cheapness or <laughs> affordability, which are two separate and distinct concepts. <laughs> but we prefer the term cheap, just like what we are. No, not we're not cheap. I'm pricey. This body is a masterpiece in perfection. <laughs> Kidding aside... <laughs> Yeah, 135 uh, pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. But I kidding haven't heard aside, you say that in a long time. Yeah, yeah, I haven't said that in a long time. It's a thing of mine. But yeah, uh, why are we gonna talk about cheapness? Uh, because of smartphone stuff, right? Like India released, uh, yeah. like a company in India released, uh, like a six dollar phone or whatever it is. Yeah, um, the Carbon A50S, if I'm not mistaken, which is yeah. a six dollar phone, <laughs> right? And um, what was what was the name of that? Uh, a local smartphone manufacturer or uh, local smartphone assembler of parts from China, my phone has um, come up with an eight hundred and eighty eight peso phone, and are releasing it. Uh, alongside, not alongside, in conjunction with, uh, one of the telcos here. No, oh, uh, so sorry, I stand corrected on the name of the phone. I think it's the Freedom Two Five One. Either way, I'll, I'll I'll put it on the link dump. But yeah, uh, going back, Smart, uh, one of the telco carriers here released a phone named the My Two Eight S, which is around eight hundred eighty eight dollars. Pesos. Roughly translate pesos, pesos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it's eight hundred eighty-eight dollars, Jesus Christ, <laughs> two hundred. Uh, no, eight hundred eighty-eight pesos, which roughly translates to what? Twenty bucks or less? Yeah. Uh, let's check. Twenty bucks. But fifteen, fifteen bucks, fifteen yeah. US dollars. Yeah. So there, and like we were looking at it, and um, uh, what was, what, what were your, uh, what were your comments like? Oh, I could give this to a kid. Wait, the display looks like it sucks. Oh, the battery is um, not going to last us very long. Like, So, cheapness. No. Yeah, it's cheap. But then again, you know what? That's what I want. If, <laughs> if I'm going to give that to a kid, I don't want him to use the phone 24-7. So, turn it off. You yeah. need quick data for research or information you need to pull up. Or say you just need to use Waze or... Well, not ways. You're you're not driving. You're a kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Have, you you have uh, probably not a great or not a usable four inch display with limited colors and the cameras. Just well, fine. Five megapixel. You can do a lot with it already. But point is, uh, you're. It's a f- type of device that you don't. You won't be super attached to if you're a kid. So why not give it? To that person. Yeah. Um, to that person to a kid. Yeah. Uh, there was... What was it that I said earlier? There was like cheapness and uh, something else. I wish I could play back the recording. Um, well, you can, but not now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, because the thing about cheapness, and here comes the marketing background that I spent four years in college to learn, is uh, 
price can give a perceived value. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you were pointing at? But the thing is, price can have a perceived value. And these things, of course, uh, this the one from Smart and Smart's My Phone and the Freedom Two Five One in India, they are aimed at people who just use feature phones, meaning just a phone that can do text and call. So what these providers are are moving towards is they're moving out those feature phones and just go for something like this one. Or the feature phones will probably be like super duper cheap now. Yeah. Um now no, the, the the funny thing is about uh about about Linux and well free and open source software is going back to this idea of perceived value, right? Because I was having a conversation with my mother the other day and uh what was it like I was I was telling her like yeah you know we do this podcast thing and it's about like Linux and stuff and my mother said uh, like instantly asks the question about um, creating a livelihood out of the world of open source and I, I could see where she was coming from because when I said that you know Linux is um, the operating system that's underlying uh, the or the it, it is what the OS on your TV is based on. It is what um, Android phones are based on. Her instant thing was, then there's no money there because it's an open system. And, um, and well, we know that that's false because Red Hat is a fucking billion dollar company now. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, and get those contracts, Red Hat, get those contracts. <laughs> right. But, but, but you can kind of tell that, um, that the, the lowness of the price is, um, adds to this perception from the more general user that, uh, this product is somehow like inferior. Of course. Cause that's, that's how, well, I guess that's how we are conditioned. Consu- uh, capitalist societies are conditioned. If I'm, if, if I want to use that term improperly, uh, <laughs> that's how we are, that's how we are conditioned. When you're paying something expensive, you're expecting a, a quality product in return or the customer service is uh, on that high level. That's why if you're just going to have, say, uh, the example I always use is if you're going to pay $20 and get a massage in one of the inner barangays here, meaning one of the side streets, <laughs> get pay someone $20 to give you a massage, don't expect uh, him washing his hands, using oils. Uh, but if you're going to go to a spa... All right, right? Uh, listeners, AG means 20 pesos. Oh, $20. Why am I... <laughs> what's up with me in currency? You know what? We should all adopt bitcoins. <laughs> What do you call bitcoins? Bits? Like, uh, you know, oh, that's 20 this, bits. There's mm. this, um, there's this weird, like, vocabulary that's out there on Bitcoin, like, how the, um, how the increments are, because, like, there's one Bitcoin, but then, um, because the value is just, like, really high, you have point whatever of a Bitcoin, point zero 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 two of a Bitcoin or whatever. And they have this, mm-hmm. like, interesting vocabulary of, um, what is like a 20th of a Bitcoin and a 64th of a Bitcoin and that kind of thing. But like, I, I never really looked that up. 
Um, but going back to the topic, or going back to what we were talking about, uh, yeah. So, so we have this perceived value on like stuff that you pay a lot for vis-a-vis uh, something that is to our eyes as Linux users of equal quality, but at a fraction of the cost, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we get the rest of the world to see that without doing the thing where we throw like Antergos on a laptop and charge $1,500 for it? And I always see it and, as And I mean $1,500, not 1,500 pesos. Or a thousand five hundred bitcoins. Um, <laughs> I always mean I always see it as two things. Either uh, how I am with religion. I'm I, I'm trying to push things into political boundaries. Anyway, number one is how I am with religion. I live my life properly and be an example. Or number two, try to preach it properly and actually do a marketing campaign. Like be the right salesman, be the right person. Right. Uh huh. So that's how you do it. That's how those are the two approaches you can have. The first one can be a little bit snarky because, yeah, I'm just going to do my own thing. If others are interested, I'll show it to them. Right. So, yeah, that's what, what happened in college. That's why you're a Linux user right now. I was a Linux user because I was broke. Were you? Well, I still am no. kind of broke. Yeah, I could, I could afford a new laptop. So I was like, ah, I'll try this Linux thing and put it on like, oh, my God, this is so sick. Really? Yeah, I thought I thought I told you about Linux. Yeah, but then like I know. remember telling you, yeah, I'm broke. You saw me using Linux before, right? Yeah, give it a try. Yeah, and I was like, oh that my god, like- it's so amazing. And I was like, yeah, that's why I've been using that since. Well, fine, I didn't when I had a good like want to play computer games. Yeah, but, but that, anyway, yeah. enough with their backstory. <laughs> yeah, but and then, now you how, know. how this all become a blur <laughs> because we've been doing this for. 84 episodes, Jesus. Um, and, and this week has been a blur, but that's for a different story. Um, what I mean to say is, whenever we talk about it, and they get interested, because uh, of course, the first thing they see is, wow, you have a different desktop. That's not Windows, or that's not a Mac. And then they see it, they notice it, and see how it performs. And then I always say, yeah, I didn't pay a single cent on it. Two things, yeah, it, they always say, oh, it's probably difficult to do, or it's probably not good, even if they just saw that's performing well. Which is, I don't know how we could counter, which my marketing brain is telling me, ah, launch a PR campaign, or do a marketing thing I'm above. Which open source really doesn't do a lot of, because... I gr- you'd rather use those marketing funds to give to a developer, right? Or to, to give to like a creator, good software to make a, yeah, to make a living. I mean, that's the thing I like about open source, and well, we're preaching to the crowd here, tooting our own horn, because we're concentrating on making things good rather than putting more branding into it. Apple, right? <laughs> Looking at you, Apple, <laughs> like. Well, we we have a fingerprint sensor. Who fucking cares, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like stuff like that. So like, because that that's always the thing, though. Because I find it hard. Um, well, not find it hard, but like the easiest thing in the world is to just preach to the choir, right? But 
like how do we how do we get uh how do we get how the fuck do we get the year of the linux desktop <laughs> i just had to <laughs> no don't ask me man <laughs> people th- th- here's the thing we're we're actually <laughs> Talking about Android phones because the two phones we just said earlier, both of them are running Android 5.1. So, right, year of the Linux desktop, it, <laughs> is it really still viable <laughs> when everybody is using technically quote unquote, and I'm using this sparingly again, it, I'm using this in wrong manner, are technically using Linux phones or open source phones. Fine. Yeah, fine. I guess you can say Linux because if creator of Linux says that, yeah, that's Linux, um, then yeah, because just yes. to get the numbers, man, <laughs> it's a numbers <laughs> game. <laughs> or or um, or say when we uh, when we first like when we're prospecting, right? So so bringing bringing in the sales terms, right? When you're not not when you're prospecting, um, once you've already made, uh, once you've already sort of um. Need your approach. Talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, do we, do we drop the, do we drop the the Linux quote unquote branding? Uh, branding of what? That oh, our host is a penguin, or our mascot is a penguin. Um, say like, say like, thinking back to my conversation with my mother those couple of days ago, um, if I had removed the word Linux from the entire conversation and instead said Red Hat or oh. or removed Linux from the conversation and instead said Ubuntu. Yeah, this is an Ubuntu mat. It runs Linux, something like that. So, um, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm hearing is, uh, what the metaphor I want to use, and I'm gonna again, uh, I'm gonna probably use it incorrectly in sports, say in football, you're represented by your club, not by your, uh, country, right? Huh? Yeah. Even if you're representing, say, uh, your allegiance is towards your club, not your country. You get it? Yeah, I guess. Say, my, I'm Cristiano Ronaldo has a bigger allegiance to uh, Real Madrid than Portugal. If All right. Real Madrid doesn't want him to play, he's not going to play for Portugal. You think so? You get it? Huh? You think so? Yeah, that happens. All right. Like, so, what I'm thinking is, well, I hope, I, again, that's why I said I prefaced it with, I'm gonna use this metaphor incorrectly. <laughs> but you, you get, you get my point. So, should we have more allegiance to the distro than to Linux? Oh, I'm, right, like, say, if somebody looks at my, uh, netbook, what I'm gonna tell them is, oh, uh, I use, uh, Ubuntu Mate. Oh, yeah. And then it just explained it's a Linux distribution. This and that, you know, well, not, I, I guess allegiance isn't the right word, but like, um, your sort of identifier, your, uh, how, how you open your opening. Ah, yeah. There you go. Right. And then you just sort of throw it out there and then they eventually figure out that it is Linux because, um. because I, I think the word Linux, all right, like, all of the ideas associated with the word Linux, um, like all of those ideas are sort of daunting for 
your average user or your mm-hmm. average like human being. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like when we advocate for Linux, do we sort of hold back on using Linux as the identifying sort of thing? That is an interesting experiment that we have to do. Right? Because, like, um, uh, because when you, like, bringing it back to, like, the, the, no, not the cheapness, but fucking A, the, the episode has, like, warped already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the perceived value. Yeah, the perceived value. But then it also has to do with, like, the, the, the sort of technical, um, What's it? Uh, like, like the the idea that you have to be uber technical to use this thing. Yeah, some so, of the branding hurdles or the mind share that people not mind share the perception. Yeah, the brand perception of Linux. Yeah, as so a whole. Like, so like, um, <clears throat> I, I guess that's something that we should try, huh? Like, um, instead of saying, instead of saying like, hey, I have a friend and he can be your friend too. Um, <laughs> have that person arrested for soliciting salvation um <laughs> what <laughs> yeah i know the story but <laughs> anyway uh what was it salvation from tyrannical fruits <laughs> i mean apple and, and blackberry if you want to <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> what was it what the fuck was it? um <laughs> so like so like instead of yeah. saying like have you tried linux um, or, or like going back to your, uh, or going back to your example where people see, um, a, a desktop that isn't, uh, that isn't, or, or see an operating system that isn't Windows or Mac, right? Well, mm-hmm. let's, let's be, you know, mm-hmm. that, that isn't Windows or OS X 10 thing. Um, right? Like when they ask you that, uh, do you, do you say it's Linux or do you say this is Ubuntu Mate? It's a flavor yeah. of Ubuntu, which is an operating system. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, whatever, whatever operating you have, say this is Antergos, this is Voyager. Yeah, but then I was just going with what was on your. Yeah, because right that's now. my book. Yeah. Right? Because like when people see my MacBook, I say, yeah, it's Arch, it's Linux, right? Like, so do yeah, I just that's say. A, like, I always do that. Oh yeah, I use Linux. It's Ubuntu Mate. That's what right. I what I say. So so should we should we stop doing that and see what happens? <laughs> yeah, we probably should. We should or get suggestions from our listeners if they do that. Or what's your pitch? What's your elevator pitch when there, somebody? That's the word I was looking for. Shit, your pitch. <laughs> <laughs> what's your elevator pitch when somebody talks to you? Somebody who who is not in the tech world. Who's not familiar with Linux, and then they see what you have in your computer, and they're like, "Are you hacking right now?" <laughs> Especially if you have like nine terminals open. <laughs> and then another question is: Do you use, um, do you use the free from cost as a, a selling point? Yeah, yeah, as a unique selling proposition. Um, yeah, you know what I have. I have no idea. I mean, I say it 
currently like yeah it's free i didn't pay a, a cent to but the thing with people especially those who use windows to them they don't really know the cost of the operating system because well yeah because it comes pre-installed and obviously because we get all of our software here pirated fine but everybody <laughs> got it i was waiting for you to finish in an angry <laughs> manner but got it but again it's about it isn't about the it isn't about the hit that your wallet takes it's the perceived value because even if you pirated your copy of windows 7 you know that somewhere in the world somebody's paying like a thousand pesos for this okay okay look at this pitch this pod- podcast has become from see i know from perceived value to making a linux sales pitch okay i'm using name distro here it is a Linux distribution, and th- it can do this, that, this, that. Examples of what it could do. Say it's the, the distro's niche, and then you end it. Oh, and by the way, this distro was made by passionate individuals who contributed their time and their skills to be able to make it free and accessible to everyone. Or not? Let's not use the word free. Let's use it. They, they dedicated their time and skill to to make it available for everyone instead of free. And then we put the keyword that because it, not not it's not a volunteer. So right now, yeah. But what 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 do you think about that initial pitch or that two sentence pitch? Hmm. I I don't know, man. Because like the uh like we say Linux distribution to us that's fucking amazing. But then like. You know, tell your, tell one of your coworkers, like, a Linux distribution. What's a Linux distribution? And that Linux ah, thing, I hear okay. it's hard, diba? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So we just, uh, no. so it, we just, so we have to make it extremely basic. But, but, because I'm, I'm thinking, but nah, let's say, for example, you donate a computer to, like, a school in the Cordilleras or something, right? <laughs> My favorite examples. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, right? And um, and say you put uh, I I don't know. And why why the hell did they go to the Cordilleras? Fine. Let's say donate a computer to like a school in Sultan Kudarat, right? And there you, you go. Um, <laughs> you know, a little bit closer to home. Um, <laughs> and you put some Linux distribution on there, preferably from. Um, one of our third worldable distributions. Chiching. Um, and like when you're, when you're donating the computer, you say, this is a computer that has this operating system called, uh, Ubuntu on it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about updating. You don't have to worry about paying for the next version. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's, that's all the thing we say. We don't say that, mm, it's free. Yeah. Or you compare, compare it to this. Um, so you you have your computer that you're giving to the school in Sultan Kudarat, and you say uh, this is a computer that I'm giving you, and it has Linux on it, or it has Ubuntu, which is a distribution of Linux on it. The moment you say that, there is this perception that you need training to use it. When mm, when like, in fact, where you and I and and you know the 14 people listening to the show know that any idiot can pick up any of the Ubuntu derivatives, maybe with the exception of Ubuntu Core. and <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I always find that depressing. Uh, or Ubuntu Server. And um, 
No, not, not, uh, Ubuntu Core is like Ubuntu without a GUI. Um, because yeah. our nomenclature for it is like normal Ubuntu, right? Uh, yeah. For the. That's why I find it depressing because it's called Core, but and yet it doesn't have something in front of you that you can easily interact. Anyway, um, my brain. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, uh, um, yeah, we we know that uh, most of most of the derivatives, maybe again with the exception of Core, uh, uh, Core the, the the server distribution server yeah mm-hmm. right like we, we know that any idiot can pick it up and just run Use with it, it right like a mm-hmm. like um we made reference to a urinal at one point um to describe ubuntu mate and <laughs> uh what was it um when it dis- yeah when you when yeah. you when you say linux you have this uh, you have it stacks up that this is what a Linux distribution is that that uh, perception again that oh you, you have to be technical you have to know uh, hack not hacking why do I always use hacking uh, you have to be technical you have to be knowledgeable with computers oh it's probably not user friendly yeah yeah or or I can't play video games when when heck yeah. we have an entire distro dedicated to just gaming. Yeah, we have a number of distros actually, um, mm-hmm. and yes, you know, like two idiots from the Philippines can come together and put up a podcast on um, Linux, even though we aren't technical people by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> but we do like our metaphors. <laughs> um, yeah, so like just like last week's episode, this is. Another one of those, like, oh, we really don't have any sort of conclusion. We're just throwing shit into the ether. <laughs> uh. My, the, but, but what I want to under, what I want to see for our experiment is, I think what we have to come up with is with an elevator pitch of what Linux is with the aim of removing the hindrances of why people don't want to get into Linux. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of those have to do with, uh, perceived either perceived value or um technical difficulty okay here's the plan for next week or something or in a future episode if norm is free he's the best salesman salesman we know i mean i know you're the best salesman i know but like norm is better wait what i'm pretty sure uh, norm you're you're you and norm are like the two best salesmen i know no, that fucking norm is like so much better than I ever was. <laughs> <laughs> so we make, let's make, and I listen to a lot of Zig Ziglar now and I should <laughs> listen to the art of selling. <laughs> yeah, I did some sales stuff yesterday. It didn't sell, but I got some leads. So follow those leads. Um, let's come up with an elevator pitch for Linux. Then let's have Norm hear it and then let, let he be the judge. And then. If people are gonna send in some of their elevator pitches as well, let's have Norm hear it. Yeah, actually, actually that would be like a a, a cool thing to do. Like, um, not necessarily an elevator pitch, but like um, in in a tweet. How would you? Uh, how will you sell Linux? Yeah, with um, by eliminating and 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 um, eliminating the technical difficulty. And, um, perceived lack of, not nah, perceived. Technical uh, knowledge. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, the value problem. Yeah. And the value problem because it's free. It's cheap. 
it's probably unnecessary. Or when in truth, technically, it was the reasons why we got into Linux. <laughs> I didn't need to pay for anything. Well, but you know, go for me. It's go for the cheapness. Stay for the amazingness. <laughs> <laughs> stay with the, what was it? Um, yeah, go for the cheapness. Stay for the amazingness. We we can probably. I mean, I did some copywriting work. I could probably come up and play with that even more. Yeah, go for the cheapness. Stay for the cheesy podcasts. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What else? Uh, do you want to add anything more or? Uh, well, yes, I guess. No, I don't. But you know, <laughs> come up with a. Yeah, the um, uh, it it should be cool, right? Like uh, in in you know the space of a tweet, like how would you sell Linux or how would you, um. How would you gently encourage people to use Linux without forcing it down their throats? Yeah. Because I actually met like, you know, um, uh, what was it? One of, uh, one of the folks at law school, right? Like, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I do this podcast, third world Linux, blah, 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 blah. And, um, he was telling me about this dude that he met that was really creepy about Ubuntu. Like, was it me? No, it's like <laughs> okay, okay, good, good, good. <laughs> you know, like, 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 very uh, gung ho, or yeah, well, not gung ho, but um, pushy. Okay, you know, like having been in sales, right? There is that fine line between pushy and convincing. Yes. So, like, how do you be convincing but not pushy by putting on a great smile? <laughs> Yeah, so if anybody out <laughs> there has any ideas, um, which just, clearly just I know. Yeah, so if anybody there, ha- anybody out there has any ideas, um, email us, linux at channel14.com or contact the channel14.com. The latter gets to everybody that is involved in channel14 stuff. The former is just me and AG. And for the Twitter, it's at thirdworldlinux. Did I say that right? At Third world Linux. There you go. Yeah. Because my waveform became garbled. I was looking at it. <laughs> what? So. Um, yes. And, uh, for podcasts and stuff, head over to channel14.com. Um, we have a Google Plus page. I've been trying to be better about the Google Plus page. Um, and if all goes well, we should be on Patreon when you're Woo-hoo! listening to this. So, uh, patreon.com slash channel 14. Um, I'm missing something. I was going to say other shows, did we say? I totally forgot what I was going to say. Support our other shows? Yeah, listen to those. Those are kind of fun. Um, yeah. Uh, Radio Norm, that's why we're talking about them. Uh, and then, of course, Jobber Talk, if you're into, if you want to know about local wrestling, Philippine wrestling. Or general wrestling, I guess. But yeah, right man. now, since, yeah, a pay-per-view just finished. Not a pay-per-view, but like live event just finished. Local PWR event, and I think he's doing that. And I'm pretty sure with what happened to WWE Fastlane, I'm pretty sure he's going to do something about that as well. Yeah. And, you know, I really want him to do like this. Um, 
I really wanted to do an episode on like the once great stars of uh, the early 2000s that have ended up becoming jobbers. Like the oh, big yeah, show. So sad. <laughs> yeah, so sad. But you know, his show, his rules. Uh, we, we could always propose a segment. Yeah. Or uh, tweet the suggestions at CH14. What's, what's our Twitter? Yeah, CH14. Why do I always forget the Twitter? Tweet your suggestions at CH14. So, you know. And then use hashtag jobber talk. Is that hashtag there? What? No. Well, but whatever. Anyway. Just so I know, it's towards jobber talk. <laughs> or, you know. But JB talk? Anyway. <laughs> eh. We'll eh. figure that out. So, until next week, keep on Linuxing. And do things for love. made it this far this is the off tangent section <laughs> hello and welcome to the off tangent section which something i didn't said i should have said this in the main show but uh, the thing i the thing I, I learned about the reason why i came into quick conclusion about perceived value is because of the art fair okay recently go on it's hard and tricky to value art because pretty much well, it boils down as the gallery's percentage, the value of your work as an artist, value of your time in producing the work, the materials you have used, and, and the tricky part, of course, is the value of you as an artist. Yeah. How do you measure that? Or that's where the biggest percentage comes in. There's a rumor that somebody dropped 40 million pesos in a painting. That's around $1 million on a local painter. Mm-hmm. There's a rumor around that. I'm just like, oh god, that's huge. That's huge, not just for the market, not just for the artist, and uh, but that's a huge amount of money. So what we were discussing earlier over dinner, my family and I was who was who could quite possibly be that artist who got that million dollars? Ben Cab. No, it, apparently it wasn't <laughs> a national artist. Okay. That was the rumor mill was running around. It's a young artist. Oh, um, right. And, and, um, how can you pay that much money for someone who isn't a national artist? Because my father also said Ben Cub. <laughs> oh, one minute is probably Ben Cub. It's like, and then, no, it wasn't a national artist. And I'm looking at the rumor mill right now. I was like, okay, so how, and it's a young artist. And then when I, I, I told them the example of Peter Lick, the guy who made the Phantom, um, look, uh, duck, duck up that photo. That's around what? Six million dollars, but it's just dust. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. It looks, it was really well lit, but it, I don't see the merit behind it, but he, well, he was, he managed to sell it for that price. So it's always tricky to have that value, especially in regard to art. And when you apply that to other products like Leica, the reason it's expensive is because they're expecting quality and they more often than not deliver to it 80-90% at the time. With regard to Rolex, Panerai, those luxury watches. Then for open source, you know, if it's free, it's crap. Well, not necessarily crap, but like, it's replaceable. It's a com- not a commodity. So, 
Eh, weird thoughts. Weird thoughts I was not able to say earlier. Because I guess it was more about the art fair. Which was fun. Tiring, but fun. Mm. Yeah, like, uh, my boss was like, Oh, AG. So, this is your first like, major event in the art world. I'm like, how are you feeling? Uh, still sales. That's what I said. <laughs> still doing sales. The thing is, I, I am, uh, I'm, I'm fucking good at, at explaining these works. I hope they'll be as good as, uh, with their money. <laughs> she was just, then she laughed. And then she said, yeah, do fine. And I did. I didn't screw up. Yeah, because like explaining art is, um, right, so, so my experience when it comes to like explaining art is, uh, it, it comes from two places. One is confidence and the other is plausibility. So. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's how you explain art, right? Like, um, uh, because, uh, yeah, like, like your explanation just has to be plausible, you know? Um, so like the elements that you're talking about obviously like have to be there and then you can sort of extend that out using your own sort of analysis or whatever the hell. And that just leads to like, yes, it's plausible that, um, Michelangelo's David had a big head because of the proportion, something or the other. But that was because of like foreshortening. But you know, as long as it's plausible and you are confident in your own interpretation thereof, you know. Yeah. This for me. this river represents the serenity of the artist's soul, as he was, you know, painting it, even though he was probably just like high on methamphetamines or something at the time. For me, I, I prefer, I'd say I was more confident because I know the shit that I'm talking about and the good ones that I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey now. <laughs> Cause what I was doing was I was just pushing some of the buyers and the, uh, the collectors towards the works that they tend to like. <laughs> I hope my boss isn't listening to this podcast. <laughs> But then that's sort of what sales is, though, right? Like, um, what, what's it? Uh, you, 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 you sort of push people, not push people. You sort of get them to, what, what, what they told us was, um, uh, we, we had an office with the showrooms when I was doing, um, real estate sales for, uh, a reputable, reputable company. Right, we had the booth in one of the malls and we had the showroom, right? And it was always so much easier to sell in the showroom. Yeah, because that's direct people are directed towards there, they have an incentive to buy because the mere fact that they're there, they are inquiring, right? Yeah, so I would assume that the same thing sort of applies to uh art fair, right? Like mm-hmm. unless unless it no, but then it's more of an open house sort of deal, right? Like with art fair? No, well, we were in an off-site location. It wasn't in the actual fair. Ah, okay. Because if it were like an open house, like people are just there for the food. But um, No, people were there for the Instagram posts. Ah, they use yeah. some of the painting as goddamn backgrounds. I mean, to be honest, that's why I'm writing. I'm, I'm, that's the, my next piece for reading photographs because I don't know what to feel about it. I, I'm all for photography being used to document but 
it's it feels weird when photography is used as an experience. What do you mean? Because the form of photography that they did there, when you're using it as a back, I, I think it was just not the appropriate place. Well, mm. because of social media, photography has become an experience, ano eh, a method of experience with a certain, I don't know, na, with a certain, not just place, eh, with a certain moment or event in someone's life. But then isn't art meant to be experience? No. No, I mean, I'm not saying, the, the not photography, the final output, not the object, but the act of photographing. Oh, yeah. Isn't that... Because... What? Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Because the thing is, um, it's always been in, in, in criticism and photo theory. It's always been an argument. What have you, what do you lose when you are photographing instead of actually working? That's what Sontag was throwing about, eh? Uh, when, with war photographers and photojournalism, diba? And uh, it's one of the things Sontag throws about that. Why don't you just help the person? In, drop your camera, help the person. For art fair, why don't you consume this art and understand what it's about? The skill, the, the process of the artist. Why don't you appreciate that instead of taking a selfie in front of it and then putting a caption that is highly unrelated to what the artist is saying in that artwork? But then, if we go by the logic that the artist is dead right we were talking about this a couple of episodes ago yeah yeah if, if we go by um if we go by that logic uh then the moment that the art is um in view of the world or in the view of the world then there is uh th- then your um then your own personal interpretation of your work means nothing like it has no bearing in the valuation of it uh, not not valuation in the aesthetic value no not the aesthetic value in the interpretation of it but um, yeah how you understand and consume it yeah so if if um but then at the same time that is just one point of view so yeah no, I know mean, exactly what that's why I I feel fifty fifty about it but what I'm telling people when we were discussing it yesterday because it's one of the biggest things people are talking about in art fair and I'm seeing. People clamoring that next year to ban photography inside the art fair, which I'm telling them they're not gonna do that because have you seen the heat maps? Because I studied the heat map, eh? the Instagram heat map. So many pictures were taken in art fair. People were taking selfies. People were taking or documenting the event, and yeah. and you want that? You want that? It's an art fair. I'm telling people this is this is the Christmas time for galleries. This is where they get so much money. Like, again, a million dollars was thrown in just earlier. That's the rumor mill. Somebody got a million dollars. A gallery got a million dollars. So, and, you, and you want that. You want... It's a place of commerce, not appreciation. That's why I, I get it with museums. And art fair is not a museum. It's not art museum Philippines. It's art fair. And I always am, and I'm a proponent of this in my philosophy with regard to photography, that... You never ever tell anyone how to use how how to interact with photography. You never impose this is how you shoot. No, let them explore yeah. it. Let them go through that process. Cause eventually they would realize that, you know, oh, I'm not doing it the right way. Or oh that's not not I mean not even doing it the right way. I'm not doing it the way I want my photographs to be. Yeah. So I should probably try this method. 
the the right. the weird thing about uh photography and well uh photography as it was being experienced in art fair and works of art is well it depends on the type of art on display at art fair because if you have something that's very sort of squarely contemporary very very, very sort of postmodern like post duchamp style um art then taking a selfie in front of this work of art is the most proper thing to do with that art. Um, if Andy Warhol were alive, he would have artworks about selfies and he would probably love it if people took selfies in took front of... selfie in front of them, yeah. Yeah. So I guess it depends on the type of art. Well, most of the, them were, were paintings... Uh, and some of the pictures were conceptual. Mm, so it wasn't really meant to become a backdrop. And the thing is, a compelling argument actually to ban selfies or at least just to put barriers in front of the paintings is some backpacks and bags scratch some of artworks. Well, that isn't the compelling and, argument, man. You just put a fucking like. Yeah, that's why I said put a put a fencing around it. Yeah. People were touching the artwork. Heck, people are touching Spolarium all the time. <laughs> so if you other, uh, that's the work I presented for our open studio open wall. I think I haven't posted it anywhere. Uh, people taking selfies in, in front of the Spolarium. Yeah. Well, this photography because, is always sort mm-hmm. of a, a funny example when it comes to like art because, because it's also a way to document the world. Yeah. So yeah, it's very it's descriptive. Yeah, that's and like how we talk right now, <laughs> with all our ums and muttering and whatnot. <laughs> but it, photography is very descriptive, and it shows a partial truth. Yeah. That's a lie. No, yeah, it's it's partial truth. That's why it's a lie. 